on today's I Didn't Say That, COVID travel. Let's go. So. It's been a while. It's been a while because um, we're basically all living Groundhog Day over and over again. And we just didn't feel like talking about the Chinese virus for the thousandth time. It's just not that interesting anymore. Most rational people have started to question at the minimum, at the minimum, if you're a rational person, I should rephrase that. At the minimum, if you are a rational person, you have begun to question whether this was the right strategy. Yeah, it's not. Spoiler alert. Yeah. I think it's very clear from my perspective that this was the wrong strategy, that we screwed up. Um, like, hindsight is twenty twenty. Like, we can mm-hmm. sit here with, you know, the, what's the phrase? The benefit of uh, history. Or, there's a better saying for it, but whatever. We can sit here and be like, we should have just left everyone working and then we should have locked down the nursing homes and not allowed anyone in until they had all the PPE Mm -hmm. on and we should have been focusing our testing there. Yeah, that's that's MSNBC 24 hours a day. MSNBC is just people who have no other skills other than the ability to say, hey, we should have done this differently. Like, okay. But at the time, you were for some of these policies because Trump wasn't for them. And then once Trump was for them, you were against them. And that's really what this whole thing comes down to. Really, the whole thing comes down to is there is a large, the entire, the entire media apparatus is focusing on one thing and one thing only, and that's the body count. And unfortunately, as anyone who's ever done any reading on this knows, the body count is massively wildly inflated due to a provision that says if you're treating a COVID patient, you get 20% more. Bottom line, someone someone, someone with COVID dies on a ventilator. I've seen some, the number 39,000, you get reimbursed $39,000 for a patient who has COVID and dies while on a ventilator. So created an incentive to put everyone on an, on a ventilator, which it looks like ended up not not really being needed um, and detrimental in some cases. Though I hesitate to draw any medical conclusions because I just don't think we've. I know we haven't taken the time to kind of investigate what worked and what didn't across the board. But there are so many incentives for hospitals to mark everyone as COVID positive, to mark every death as. Because of COVID or a complication of COVID. Right. When will the government understand that when you incentivize things, Mm -hmm. people do them? So if you want to incentivize people recovering, hmm, maybe you should give money for all the patients you treat and don't die. I don't know. Crazy thought. Uh, And also... Well, I disagree with that because you can't prevent death. Yeah, but are we not incentivizing killing people and mismarking them? We're incentivizing mismarking. So at the at the worst, they would claim someone's a corona 
and recovered when they didn't actually have corona. In which case, that would be better for us because then we'd have a higher recovery rate. Mm -hmm. Well, we do. I mean, that's the other. I mean, that is one of the hard scientific facts that is coming out of the studies that have been done in California and across the country, which is basically like, look, the number of people who have antibodies, it tends to float at minimum 25 25x. Right, that seems to be the multiplier. Mm -hmm. Take the people who have tested positive in your area, multiply that by a minimum 25, and that's the number of people who actually have been infected with coronavirus. Right, and when you do that, that takes the death toll, that takes the the percentage of, you know, the mortality percentage from around 5%, which it is now nationwide, to where most people think it is, which is around like 0.2.3%. So 99.8% of people who get this will recover. The people that don't recover are people with comorbidities over the age of 80, right? The average age of death in America is 80. The average age of death where we are in New Hampshire is well over 80 because deaths have literally just been confined to nursing homes. A couple scattered deaths here and there of people younger, but basically this has just been a nursing home central center disease Yeah, where we are. And the same thing in New York, where Cuomo issued an executive order in March saying that even if someone has is tested positive for coronavirus, for COVID, you have to take them in. So what happens when you take an infected, take a sick person and bring them around a whole bunch of people with weak immune systems? Oh, you kill them. Yeah, you're going to end up killing them all. Right. Um, so anyone who says so anyone who says that Andrew Cuomo has done a great job on this just point to that one fact just point to the one fact that he started stuffing in people who had tested positive he started stuffing them back into nursing homes right and it spread like wildfire and this is the issue with either politics forever or the current society in which we live but people will never just admit like oh we made a mistake but let's now do the right thing and the right thing is to lock down nursing homes and release everybody else But instead, they're like, well, we can't admit we were wrong and we want to still keep people in fear. So we're going to have this ridiculous phase opening and destroy our economy. Yep. Cool. Thanks. Yep. This is why you should just admit mistakes. This is why we this is why no one should watch any cable news ever. If there is ever if there is ever a time where it's time to stand up and be like, you need to turn off cable news. Cable news should should not be allowed. This is the time. Listen, I felt almost like it was regular life today because I didn't listen. I didn't watch any news and we went golfing and they weren't really very strict with some of the guidelines. And no, they paired say, us up with Rando. Well, I wasn't going to like call them out, but we won't say where because we like them. But it felt normal. I was yeah. like, life is normal again, except that then we were finished at 7.45 and normally the grocery store closes at 9 and I could have gotten the rest of the ingredients we needed for dinner, but no, it was closed at 6, so I couldn't. But we oh. also wouldn't have been golfing after work if things were normal, so. Exactly. Who's to say? It is what it is. The point being, the point being, at this point, I think we should regale everyone with our civil disobedience over the last week. Or oh, our travel? Yeah. 
Well, I wouldn't call it civil disobedience. I would just say it was... Well, is is non-essential travel illegal or frowned upon? It's frowned upon. So technically you can travel. There's no reason. See, the only reason why people aren't traveling is because when you get somewhere, everything's closed. Right. There's nothing to do and you can't stay in a hotel. So generally speaking, unless you have family members who are the same mindset of you, which is either A, this is overblown, or B, like as long as we take the right precautions, everyone will be fine, then you can go and travel and see family. I don't think that there's any reason not to do that. Nope. I don't think that there's any reason why healthy 30 and 40 and 20-year-olds and 50-year-olds and 60-year-olds and 70-year-olds shouldn't be able to go and see their friends. I just don't. Yeah. There's no, there's no reason that people of our age group, us millennials, shouldn't be able to congregate because this disease simply does not impact us. It impacts us the same way. Actually, it impacts us probably less than the flu. And if anything, at this point, like people waiting for a vaccine or cure, you will literally die waiting. Like we still don't have a cure or a vaccine for the regular flu. And that's what this is. It's a strain of the flu. Yeah. We're like, that's never going to happen. We're just, we're just, we're trying to prevent, we're trying to prevent bad things from happening. So instead we need all the healthy people to pump themselves full of vitamin D and go out into the world and get herd immunity yep. because once everybody else has it and they're over it, then the nursing homes will be okay and we can yep. release everybody. Yep. Yep. It's ridiculous. Yep. It's so common sense and yet we can't do that because that would be admitting we're all wrong and no one wants to do that. Well, it would also be admitting that Trump's hunch at the beginning was right, which is... Right. The best part is they're going to blame him for the lockdown when it's like he never yep. issued a lockdown. He stopped travel uh-huh. and he told everyone to wash their hands and stay six feet apart. Well, I love I love this governor of <laughs> Illinois, this J.B. Pritzker, this guy who's never worked a day in his life. Never worked a day in his life. Not one. Born on third base. Grew up thinking he had a triple. I mean, just classic. And... He goes, he's now, he's the governor of Illinois because if you're a Democrat and you're rich, you can buy an election. That's what he did. I want to repeat, this man has never worked a day in his life. Never worked a real job. He's never had to, right? You're born a billionaire. Everything you have is just in title only. And he goes, he goes over the weekend, he goes, you know, we're not getting everything that we want from the federal government. So we just feel like we're on our own. Oh, wait, oh, wait, you mean that you're going to have to take care of the citizens who elected you? You're going to have to do something on your own. You're not just going to be able to turn to the federal government and be like, hey, we need this. All right. We've all been in the same bucket for three months now. If you're not up to speed and prepared to handle what really isn't a major problem in Illinois anymore, then um you have basically admitted that you are not capable of being a chief executive of a state and should resign immediately. Right? At first, it was like Donald Trump has the right to has the right to control. Donald Trump comes out and goes, "Well, I I get to decide when things people." And people go, "Oh, that's nuts. States right, states right, states right. 10th amendment, 10th amendment, 10th amendment." And then he goes, "Fine. 
We're relaxing our guidelines. It's up to the states now. Well, where's the leadership? Why isn't someone planning this centrally? Where's Do why is Donald Trump leaving this up to the governors? We've all seen that narrative happen over the past three weeks. And it's because of lazy people like J.B. Pritzker, who has to wake up and do something for the first time in his life and is genuinely confused about how to accomplish even the most basic tasks as a governor. <laughs> like, how do I get on the phone to business leaders and be like, hey, can you help get this equipment? Or like, what are you guys hearing on the ground? Like, how much, like, how do we, how do we reopen? Like, what's the best way to reopen, start reopening things? Clueless. Which, honestly. Absolutely clueless. I may be in the minority on this viewpoint, but I don't really care. I don't think there should be guidelines. I think the governor. No. I think the governor should just say, "No more state of emergency. Back to normal." Yep. You all will figure it out. You know why you all figure it out? Because we've scared everyone half to death. So therefore, no one's going to come to your store if you haven't cleaned things. If you're not wearing a mask. So guess what? Everyone's going to wear a mask. Yep. Everyone's going to self capacity at fifty percent. Yeah. Like the market determines it. And you know what? If the market determines we don't need that crap because people aren't as scared and know it's stupid, oh, what do you know? Yep. They're they're your guidelines. I like why like why do you need all of a sudden micromanagement for the from the government? Mm -hmm. You're you were doing just fine before figuring it out and now all of a sudden you need guidelines? And then half the time they're like, oh, these guidelines are terrible. Right, because there shouldn't be any. This is the whole point. See, we're, this is the whole point of the Tenth Amendment. Is that we have 50, is that we're supposed to have a weak central government. It covers a couple of things. Commerce between states. Military. Defend, defending this system that we've all agreed upon. Those are like the two big things, right? Trade, international trade would be a third. How you deal with us. But there's not a lot beyond that that the government, that the federal government needs to be involved with. The whole point of the United States is that we have 50 little individual experiments going on. And we get to freely decide which experiment we want to be a part of. Right? Yep. That's how this is supposed to be run. But it requires 50 governors who can at least make some decisions, right? It requires a couple to think outside the box. Christy Nome, I think, would be the best example of this in South Dakota, just being like, we're open. Right. I don't understand the question, and I won't respond. Right? Ron DeSantis in Florida, obviously running for president in 2024. There's more old people in Florida than there are in New York. <laughs> like, outside of mandating that nursing homes need protection and sending them PPE and getting them testing and all that sort of thing, there shouldn't be any restrictions or guidelines. Because nope. guess what? As a free American, you can stay in your house for the rest of your freaking life if yep. you want to. You yep. don't have to leave. And you know what? If you're a business and you don't want to open, you don't have to open. And if you're a business and you want to open, 
you should be able to open. Like, why is this <laughs> such a complicated idea? Because we're too rich. We talked about this over the weekend. We might be too wealthy as a society. We can't handle anything. We cannot handle the slightest disruption. Now, entrepreneurs can. Oh, yeah. But that's a selected class of people. Not a selected, but a select group of people who have decided that this is their passion. They are going to make money off of this. They're going to provide a service or something and sell it. And they've already chosen basically the most difficult path that you can go down. So adversity is in their bloodstream. And so that's why I, I, I personally think like a lot of businesses are going to make it out on the other end of this just because triumphing over the inconvenient <laughs> is something that you have to be able to do <laughs> as a business owner. Well, right. I mean... The fact of the matter is we're in an we're in a self-inflicted recession right now. Yeah, well, because I mean, we're that's... so stupid. So it's all like the demand is there. Like it's all gonna come back. So unfortunately we will lose some businesses who were just not in the right position to handle something like that. And yep. it's atrocious and the government should have to answer to it and mm -hmm. potentially pay damages. But the rest will, as you say, figure it out and what's left of a hole will be filled by other entrepreneurs eventually. It's just what kind of a hole are we going to have? Rising out of this are going to be some wonderful opportunities for people to take advantage of. There always have been after times of crisis and there always will be. The only question that's left now is when do we allow that natural progression to start to take place? And if you turn on television you would think people are dropping dead left and right. As soon as you leave your house, you're dead. You may as well you may as well just have a death certificate handed to you as soon as you walk out the door. I mean, the amount of fear that is being sold, and I think people are just addicted to it. I mean, what better way to get people addicted to government support in their lives than to fire them and then start handing them money for nothing. Yep. Now, the story that I find so awesome today is the Tesla story. And I'm now searching to see if they've shut him down. It doesn't appear that they have yet. So there's still, he's still going. Oh, wait. Alameda County issued a statement Monday noting, what the heck? Where's the rest of this? Where's the rest of this article? In your life. Why does it end there? Oh, that's a disgrace. Okay, well, as far as I know, it's open. Yep. Yeah, Tesla's, Tesla's open. Elon Musk being like, hey, arrest me. They're not going to arrest him. You're not going to go around. And this, is, and this is the big thing. And this is what we've been saying for weeks or when we've recorded, which is they can't arrest us all. If all of a sudden everyone in southern New Hampshire decide to go to the beach, what are they going to do about it? What are they going to what are they going to do? Shoot a kid playing with a beach ball? <laughs> what 
right? I mean, like, what, what, what are they going to do? They're going to start the, you know, like, it's, it's preposterous. It's insanity. They can't stop us all. What if every business owner just decided we're opening up? They should do it. See what happens. If you're a business owner and you're listening, do it. Do it. I can tell you, you're going to get a lot of positive reaction. Yeah. I mean, first of all, you can't go wrong because the people who don't like you aren't going to come out because they're terrified and they're going to be in their houses. So all you're going to have are people who are supportive. Yep. And the people who don't want businesses to open, the people who don't want this, the people who just want life to be miserable, they never went into your store anyways. Yeah. They never they never went into your establishment to begin with. Not a chance. But that's but that but that's where we are, you know, as a country. I think it's a it bucked its head in 2016 when Trump won of people being like we are ready to take the risks necessary to get America back on track. Right? Because that was Obama. Obama was very open about it. He's here to, I'm here to manage America's decline. American exceptionalism is the same as British exceptionalism and Greek exceptionalism and Kenyan exceptionalism or whatever nonsense he trotted out when he was globetrotting around the world, bowing to foreign leaders. Obama made it very clear. America's best days are behind us. It's time to manage this country's decline and accept our place as mm, top five. But we can't really be top five in the eyes of an American liberal because, you know, we're racist. Um, and America decided in 2016, no, we, we don't, don't think we need to take a back seat to any other country. And so that's why we elected Donald Trump. Part of the reason. But I think one of the big reasons is that we wanted a president who genuinely loved America again and wanted to see America get back to number one. I mean, Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama, they've made it very clear. They only like America when America, when things go their way. When things don't go their way, there's nothing they hate more than America. <laughs> <laughs> and Donald Trump goes, well, I love America, and even when things don't go my way, there's no other place I'd rather be. And I think that there's, I think, I think liberals through public education have done a really strong job of of getting it into the heads of the millennial generation that yeah america isn't that exceptional that there are other places in the world where it's better to live it's better to be there's no reason to you know, think that America has it all figured out, which has never been the claim. The claim has always been and will always be that at the end of the day, if there is something you want to do in life, if there's something that you want to be, if there's something that you want to believe in, there's something that you want to practice, the only place in the world that will guarantee you the right to do that is America. Case closed. And the scary thing that I'm seeing with this hoax, I'm just going to straight up call it, it's a hoax at this point, 
is that we're not willing to take those risks anymore as a country. But 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 that's a, a I, I think the end of the, I think we've said everything we need to say about this at this point. Yep. We just well, need to we just need to nut up and open a country. That's it. That's it. That's the bottom line. Um We could talk about our experience flying. I thought flying was just fine. Really? You didn't mind sitting for six hours with a mask on your face? Uh it didn't really well, the flight out. I didn't really bother me that much because I had to work the entire time. So I was just kind of sitting there on my laptop working. The way back, I mean, it bothered me a little bit. But after a while, it's just kind of like. I can't breathe in those things, y'all. No, it doesn't. It stinks. It stinks. It's stupid. There seems to be a decreasing amount of evidence that it actually does much. Um, But whatever. Like, it's. I would rather have everything open and be forced to wear a mask than have nothing open true right but is there not an option c where everything can be open we don't have to wear a stupid mask well yeah i mean it should be up to individual businesses which it is i mean there's no there's no law that says you have to wear a mask on the plane it's united airlines being like hey if you want to come on the plane you've got to wear a mask right i am fine with that it is a private company setting their own rule for the safety for what they believe is the safety of their employees and the safety of the passengers, you've got to wear a mask. Fine. Whatever. Like I said, like, is it inconvenient? Yes. Is it stupid? Yes. Does it bother me? Yes. Was it irritating to wear? Yes. Was it physically irritating on my face? Yes. All of those things. Still had a great time. Now I Still had an awesome time in California. Still had an awesome time going in and out of places. Still had an awesome time getting takeout and doing all that, going on hikes, walking around. Still had a great time. Like, at no point was my enjoyment of our travels lessened because I had to wear a mask. It was just one of those things that you you roll your eyes. You just go, ugh, that's right, this stupid thing. And you roll your eyes, and you put your mask on, and you go into where you're going, and you leave. That's it. Yeah, let's see. Asking people to wear a mask while they're in a store, one, I still think it's annoying. Sure. But at least it's for a short amount of time. Like, you're generally not in a store longer than, like, 30 minutes, an hour at most. But you're on a plane for hours. You don't have to fly. See, here's the thing. You don't have to fly. When does it become, like, an infringement of your rights? It's not. If all airlines require it. What if all airlines required you to fly naked? Then don't fly. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. I, a private business has has should have the ability to choose who they serve and who they don't. And if every airline said, "Oh, we're gonna make everyone fly naked and stab each other in the legs with forks," then someone would come along and create an airline and be like, "Hey, you can wear clothes here, and you don't have to stab yourself with a fork." <laughs> Right, that's the whole point is that the government shouldn't get involved in stuff like that. So I have no I have no issue with it because at the end of the day you don't have to fly. At the end of the day you don't have to go into a store. True. That is a choice. Is that our next business venture? An airline where you can keep your clothes on you don't have to wear a mask. Yes. But there there are there are hundreds of things that you cannot do while you fly. 
That's true. Like, rules for flying, like, free-for-all flying ended on September 11th, 2001. That was it. Up until then, it was a free-for-all up in the air. Not really. You still couldn't smoke. Well, you couldn't smoke. There you go. That was one thing they decided to get rid of. They decided to say, you want to know what? You, you, we, probably, we don't want to have smoking on planes anymore. There you go. And excessive drinking. And you can't bring your own alcohol. You could never bring your own alcohol. Yes. For good reason. Yeah. I think. Did you want to talk about this Obama thing? No. Okay. <laughs> well... Obama's an ass. <laughs> there you go. Period. Caught End you of up. Story. Flynn got railroaded. Carter Page got railroaded. George Papadopoulos got railroaded. The media and the Obama administration created and sold to the American public a set of stories that are false that were false that are false that were false at the time that were completely made up and completely fictionalized and in a saner world everyone who pushed those lies would be fired and they'd be made a public example of of hey you don't i mean first of all the judges the justices on the fisa court they should be put up for treason why do we even have a FISA there court? There shouldn't be a FISA court. But we they should, should get rid of the FISA court. That that is that is treason central. They didn't do due diligence. They were just looking for a reason to help Obama spy on American citizens. Number one. Number two, yeah, of course Obama's gonna be like, oh, the response to COVID's been a disaster, and I really want Joe Biden to be president. And, you know, Michael Flynn, this whole thing like really ruins people's faith in the justice system. Like, that's all stuff he's going to say. You ruined this. And it's all lazy commentary because that's what Obama is at heart. He's a lazy person. He is an unsophisticated dolt. Why do you think the only times that President Obama has spent any time working hard is to make sure that we never got his academic records and that we never got his testing records and that we never got anything of that sort on his background? Because he doesn't want to be exposed for what he is, which is a fraud who's been propped up by the liberal intelligentsia and used as a vessel for them to promote radical left-wing ideology in a nice little cute package. Hey, look at my daughter and my very manly-looking wife. Okay, we don't have to go there. No, I am going to go there. This whole lie about Michelle Obama being good-looking, being some fashion icon is complete crap compared to Melania, who is an actual supermodel. These are facts. These, These are, are facts. facts, people. Okay, here's a point I want to make. And this is what one of the many, many things that drives me absolutely bananas about the Democrats is that they can never for once look at a situation like this, which is appalling, and say, we should correct this because if it was the other way around and Republicans were spying on Democrats, we wouldn't want that to be allowed. But they can never, ever look at that. No. No, they can't even do it for Joe Biden. They can't even do it with Joe Biden. With Joe Biden, they go, well, you know, Joe Biden might have done this, but we were right with Kavanaugh. And, um, well, 
whatever. They're they like they're very open about it. They're like, yep, there's a double standard for Democrats. Democrats get the benefit of the doubt. Republicans don't sue us. Like, what are you going to do about it? I'm still on the air, right? That's basically CNN's stance. That's MSNBC stance. Yeah, Joe Biden did it. So, <laughs> so, what are you going to do? Make me report the facts? Which, by the way, we're wrapping up soon. This is stupid. These people are. You want to know who's the best person that they would want if they wanted to preserve their ratings and their bonuses that they make? Hmm. They would want Donald Trump to be president. Yeah. But they're, they have Trump derangement deep down, syndrome. Deep down inside, they want Trump to be president. I think deep down inside, they don't understand that what they have is from him. They, deep down inside, they think it's them. That's how deluded they are. I don't think they're smart enough to realize it. Um, I think there are a couple who are. Who? I think... I think someone like Rachel Maddow is is sharp enough to think, you know... I think to someone like Rachel Maddow, let me put it this way. She probably doesn't see much of a difference between Trump and and biden she probably doesn't at the end of the day they're going to govern roughly the same way there'll be a couple pet projects that biden will push through that Matt i would like more than trump but at the end of the day rachel maddow's record ratings you want to know what keeps that train going anger directed at the president of the united states remember this is we watched this all take place and this is the funny thing about being being a conservative forever which is, we got to watch this all take place in 2012. And the great thing between 2012 and 2016 for us on the right is that it did a couple of things. One, it proved that in order to win, an, it showed us that in order to win an election, you have to have enthusiasm on your side. People will vote for someone. They tend not to vote against someone. They tend to vote for someone. And in 2016, people voted for Donald Trump. And they're going to vote for him And they're going to vote for again. Donald Trump again. There are definitely not enough people no who are going to vote no for No one's voting Biden. for Joe Biden. The only people who are voting for Joe Biden is because they don't like Trump that much. But that doesn't get people out to the polls. I did see kind of a clever bumper sticker in San Francisco, I have to say. You might have seen it. It was on our run where it said, Biden. Mm-hmm. So you could say it as Biden, but it was spelled B-Y-E-D-O-N yeah. with like colors. F-minus like, level puns. I was like, okay, that's somewhat clever. Um, it's kind of crazy that I've only ever seen one of these. Yeah. So I just, there's no enthusiasm. and But we saw this, we saw this take place in 2012. There was, was no the last, enthusiasm. When was the last time you saw a president win because, because people were voting against another candidate? I don't think it's George ah. W. Bush. They're voting against Gore. Mm. Yeah, people were never that passionate about hating Gore. I don't know. Clinton? But that's a weird one because of Perot. I don't think it's really happened. Ronald Reagan. The first time. Who were they voting against? Jimmy Carter. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> That's kind of a shout. I know Republicans don't want to hear that, but I mean, and I, but, but I mean, Reagan there's was a, charismatic. I Reagan was charismatic. Him. Reagan was charismatic. People liked Reagan, Reagan revolution, yada, yada, yada. But I think that there's a lot of the, 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 the Reagan, um, I mean, Reagan was a little similar to Trump in that there was a mix of people for him, but also a mix of people who didn't want Jimmy. Yeah. Just like there are a lot of people for Trump, but also a lot of people who didn't want Hillary. We're like, oh, this Trump guy is something else, but I can't vote for Hillary Clinton. Yeah. No, I agree. I think I think I think there's a lot of parallels, and I think there's a lot of parallels between 2012 and I think in in in, in 2020. Whereas, whereas Democrats and Repu- Republicans then and Democrats now are electing sort of the elder statesman of the party who um, hasn't had his shot at being president yet because he's failed every other time he's gone to do it. And, you know, they'll do well in the polls. I mean, could you imagine? I mean, if no coronavirus, then Donald Trump wins, wins running away. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. That's the only thing that's keeping Joe Biden in is is this coronavirus and the in the media keeping people at home. But I think the most dangerous thing, the most dangerous thing for the media right now, not that there's really any dangers for them because they still exist because we're addicted to television, which is a story for another episode. But the most dangerous thing right now for Democrats, the most dangerous thing for the media, is for states to open, like what happened in Georgia. Georgia open, and what happened? Cases have been going down. Right, but I think at Uh-oh. the I think at the end of the day, this tactic, and you best believe this coronavirus thing was just another tactic to take down Donald Trump. It's going to backfire on them because mm-hmm. enough states are going to open up, and now they're lulled into this false false sense of security again that they've talked themselves into thinking Biden's okay, and now they've gotten Obama to endorse him and all these people to endorse him so now they can't take him out at the convention mm-hmm. so they're stuck with him now and now they think like somehow he's going to win but he can't even handle talking two seconds in front of a camera he can't even have virtual town hall yeah. I mean it's a joke no. like there's just I don't even think you can be stupid enough to watch Biden for 10 minutes straight and not think he doesn't he has doesn't have dementia no Completely losing it. All right. I don't really have a Trump tweet of the day because he's, he's been doing a lot of retweeting and talking about Tess and blah, blah, blah. Obamagate. Obamagate. Boring. Yeah. Let's see. But here's the thing. We all. we Did anyone think that Obama wasn't in on what happened to Flynn and Page and Papadopoulos and the FBI and, and, the, and the FISA court and the secret surveillance of the Trump campaign. Does anyone think Obama did, wasn't behind that? Of course he was. Of course he was. And the Clinton campaign was in on it too. And his attorney general, Loretta Lynch, was in on it too. Let's not forget the Clintons hopping on the plane to talk with to talk with Loretta. Hey, hey, Loretta, how are the grandkids doing? Oh, wait, you don't have any grandkids. Okay, I think this is the one that Max wants me to say. Um, but he's like responding to another tweet. But he said, because the person tweeted, why did Obama tell the FBI to hide its activities from Trump? And Trump wrote, because it was Obamagate and he and Sleepy Joe led the charge, the most corrupt administration in U.S. history. Which, true. 
All right. That's it. I would say stay safe, but it's all ridiculous. Wash your hands. Take vitamin D. Get out in go the sun. For, I was about to say, go for a walk. Be active. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Just be smart. Wash your hands. Don't rub up against strangers. Go for a run. Don't touch your face. It's not that hard. You should be washing your hands before you eat anyway. Who are these people who, like, don't wash their hands before they eat? Well, right. I mean, that's what we learned. We're just a bunch of filthy savages that never wash our hands, and we're sticking our faces and hands everywhere and licking everything. And it turns out when you do that, it's really easy to transfer diseases around. All right. Till next time, guys. See ya.